But Rogers in the 25th century. And the shower of silver dollars from Popsicle Pete's money box. Buck Rogers, the amazing young fellow who was born right here in our own 20th century, but who was held in a state of suspended animation for 500 years. And now he's living in the highly mechanized and super scientific world of the 25th century. In company with Lieutenant Wilma Deering, a girl soldier, and Dr. Hewer, the greatest scientist who ever lived, his life is one thrilling adventure after another. Well, just recently they flew their rocket-powered spaceship to the far-off planet Jupiter to run down Killer Kane and Ardela, arch-criminals of interplanetary space. But now they're back on Earth again. And our story opens in the weird and wonderful laboratory of Dr. Hewer at Niagara, the capital of 25th century America. We find the old scientist alone, working feverishly over a mass of strange diagrams and complicated formulas that cover the top of his desk. Let's join him there. Here we go, 500 years into the future. output times the square of the lens radius times pi equals. I've got it. I've got it. Hello, Doctor. Wilma, look. I've worked out the heat radiation formula for the mechanical mole. Mechanical mole? Here. Let me at that subcosmic radio unit. But what under the sun Excuse is... Excuse me, Wilma. Calling factory B18. Factory B18. Factory B18. Rankin. Rankin. This is Dr. Hewer. Oh, yes, Doctor. Set the radial heat controls exactly as I tell you. Yes, sir. Number one at 33 degrees, four minutes right. Number two at seven degrees, 17 minutes right. Number three at nine degrees, nine minutes left. Yes, sir. Do it immediately. We'll take the mole on a test run just as soon as we can get over there. Yes, sir. Signing off. Well, now, Doctor. Where's Buck Wilma? Why, oh, he's out making a trial flight in the new super rocket ship you developed just after we got back from Jupiter. Oh. But what is a mechanical well, mole? Well, then wait, uh... We'll want him in on the test run of the mechanical mole, too. Central Radio Bureau? Dr. Hewer calling Central Radio Bureau? Mechanical mole, did you say? Mm. Central Radio Bureau, Stratton speaking. Oh, uh, Dr. Hewer, Stratton. Do you know where I can reach Captain Buck Rogers? Oh, he's making a test flight, Doctor, in the new interplanetary yes. rocket. Yes, yes, I know, but, but where is he? Well, last reported about 17 points west of the moon. Oh. Flying, of course, in the general direction of Saturn. Well, then use a subcosmic power beam to contact him immediately. Ask him to join us at the spaceport just as soon as he can get back to Earth. Hangar number four. Oh, the experimental hangar. That's right. And Radio Sergeant Carborg out there that we're coming. Tell him to have everything ready for us. I'll call them both right away, sir. Thank you. Signing off. Signing. Did you come over here in a rocket-powered air roadster, Wilma? Well, yes, Doctor, I did. I... Fine. We'll use it to fly out to the spaceport. Come along. But I don't understand. All this talk about a mechanical mole and heat radiation formulae Wilma, and... we're about to embark on the most amazing scientific venture we've ever attempted. Oh, really? Let's come along now. I'll tell you about it on the way over. <clears throat> oh, good. Your rocket roadster is the enclosed model. Yeah, it keeps my hair from getting blown all over the place. <laughs> but you're wearing a flying helmet. Well, that's as good an excuse as any. <laughs> Here now. <laughs> uh, get in. Want me to take the controls? If you like. All ready. Then here we go. These little things certainly make a quick takeoff, don't they? Well, don't spare the power. The sooner we get over there, the sooner we'll be able to start out. 
in a mechanical mold. Well, tell me about it. What is it? What's it for? What's it do? Look, Wilma, for years we've devoted all our time and effort to exploring the vast reaches of outer space. Mars, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, even far off Pluto. Yes, and we've had some mighty interesting times on those planets. Yes, but as a result of the fascination of interplanetary exploration, we have utterly neglected the very world we live on, Earth. Yes, I guess so. But now, what has that got to do with... A few elementary facts we do know. Seismographs, instruments that measure shocks and vibration in the Earth, have indicated that it has a central core some 4,000 miles in diameter, composed, in all probability, of the heavier elements like iron, nickel, platinum, and radium. Only, of course, they're liquefied. What? Awfully hot in the center of the Earth, isn't it? The temperature is probably in thousands of degrees. Well, then, the elements you mentioned must be liquefied. No. No. Although that temperature is far higher than that at which any known substances could be ordinarily used and remain solid, the enormous pressure is undoubtedly sufficient to keep it from melting. Some pressure? Well, normal atmospheric pressure, that which surrounds us all the time, is a little over 14 pounds to the square inch. Yes, I know. But the pressure at the core of the Earth is estimated at about 3 million atmospheres. Good night. But now, Doctor... Now, of course we know that most of the Earth's land surface is covered with a layer of sedimentary rock. Mm-hmm. Particles of rock and sand that were spread about by water following the Ice Age, and then settled and stuck together. Yeah. Now, geologists agree that a widespread granitic layer extends well under all the continents. Mm-hmm. Other common minerals are shales and sandstone and basalt in such forms as dolerite and gabbro and ecrogite and pachylite. What and what and... Oh, now, listen, Doctor, you're just trying to mix me all up and change the subject. I want to know about the mechanical mold. Well, then watch your navigation and swing us round. Huh? Directly below us, there at the spaceport. Oh. Great day, that thing? Yes. Why, it, it looks like a big, long metal sausage. <laughs> it's made of flexo-impervium, the toughest and most flexible metal known to us. That huge lens at the end of it. And those little fins sticking out all over the sides. A thermic radiation projector. A heat ray. Oh. And the fins shield a system of non-recoil energy projectors. But what is it for? What, what does it do? Well, what's the controls? We're heading straight down at it. I'm sorry. It's such a strange-looking thing. And look at all the people gaping at it from that barrier that's strung around. Well, land us there in the open space between it and the hangar. Okay. You see, there's Sergeant Carlborg waiting for us. Yes, sir. I'm cutting the power. Now we'll coast down. Mm, we're dropping pretty fast, Wilma. Then I'll use some reverse power to land us without a bump. Now, let's get out so I can find out what this mechanical mold is all about. Up to you, sir. Hello, Carl Log. Hello there. And Lieutenant Wilma. Well, I might have known you'd be coming along on this experimental trip, miss. <laughs> well... Now I know that the mechanical mole is capable of making some kind of a trip anyway. Been having quite a time keeping the crowds back of the fence, Doctor. They all want to have a look at her. I thought you were going to keep it in the hangar, Carbog. Not the sort of machine that should be around where people can get at it or into it. Oh, my men are keeping them all at a safe distance. You see, uh, Mr. Rankin from the factory brought it out here to make some adjustments on it. Oh, then he's already been here. Yes, sir. Left just a minute ago. Fine, fine. That means we can start out in the mechanical mold without delay. Well, what about Buck, Doctor? Oh, oh, of course. It's funny that he isn't here. I told him to come out and make himself at home in the mold whenever he... Carbog. Yes, sir? We were expecting Captain Rogers to meet us here. I haven't so hide or hair, Captain Rogers, Doctor, since the day you three took off for Jupiter when you went after Killer Kane. Well, then I expect there's nothing we can do but wait for him. 
And while we're waiting, Wilma, I'll take you into the control room of this machine and explain to you how it works. At last, I'm going to find out what it's all about. In <laughs> Carbog. Yes, sir? You better have your men clear a long path for us in the general direction of the city. We don't want the withering heat from the thermic radiation projector to hurt anyone when we start up. Yes, sir. Do it right away, sir. The rocket rest to be all right here next to the hangar? Yes. And come on, let's get into this big machine. No, wait a minute. There's the radio call signal inside the hangar office. Oh, let Carlborg take it. Then. He's moving the crowd back. Only take a second to answer it, and maybe Buck. Here now. Buck Rogers. Center Radio Bureau calling Captain Buck Rogers. Calling Captain Buck Rogers. Uh, hello? Hello? Urgent message for Captain Rogers from the office of the President of America. Oh, well, uh, C- Captain Rogers isn't here, but I am expecting him oh, anyway. Oh, Dr. Hewer? Yes. Uh, this is Stratton speaking. Oh, Stratton. I'm sure it'll be all right for you to relay this message to the captain, sir. But besides, you ought to know about it. Uh, what is it? Well, it reads as follows. Killer Kane and Ardella have escaped. What? Yes, sir. Good night. Then tell the president we'll drop everything to get on that trail immediately. No, no, wait, sir. You'd better hear the rest of this. Well, uh, all right, go ahead. Killer Kane and Ardella have escaped from the emergency prison where they were placed to await transfer to the city prison. Yes, yes. A clever trick made it possible for them to get a 24-hour start in the rocket plane you used for the Jupiter expedition. The fastest ship in the universe. Entire space patrol fleet has been unable to pick up that ship's rocket trail. Apparently, there's nothing we can do but wait until the two criminals show up again. Urge, however, that you keep constantly on guard against Kane and Ardella's reappearance. End of message. All right, Stratton. Thank you. Doctor. Doctor, what can we do? Nothing, Wilma, except what the president suggests. Wait for them to show up again. I know, Doctor, but... Do you suppose they really did leave Earth in that ship of ours? Why, what do you mean? They might have just sent it flying alone by the automatic controls as a trick. Possibly. To throw us off that trail. Well, all moved back, Doctor, and you can... Hey, what's the matter? Uh, oh, nothing, uh, nothing. Come along, Wilma. We'll board the mechanical mall. Yes, sir. Uh, right this way. Crowd's mighty anxious to see that big machine get started, Doctor. Are they? Yes, sir. Go catch it. Hey, look. Uh, well, uh, look, it's moving. You're right. And the heat ray of the nose of it, it's starting to glow. Doctor, Killer Kane and Ardella. You're right. And with that heat ray, the lives of all these people out here are in danger. And Kane and Ardella won't hesitate to use it. It's moving over toward the crowd of people right now. Come on, we've got to stop it. Stop it, how? But then what can we do? Get those people away from here. Great day, the terrible destruction that could be done with a gigantic heat ray in the nose of that mechanical mole is too appalling to even think about. 